Good morning, Mendocino County and beyond. You are tuned in to Wild Oak Living, the program about living sustainable, sustainably in building community in Mendocino County and beyond. This is Johanna Wild Oak, and I bring you Wild Oak Living every other Thursday from 9 to 10 a.m. If you have any feedback or questions about the program, or if you have any suggestions for future prop topics, or if you're an organization and would like some help that's doing good things in our county or beyond and would like some help in getting the word out about the good things that you're doing, give me a send me an email to contact at wildoak.org. That's contact at wildoak.org. Well, welcome to today's program. Today we're going to cover um, one primary topic and, and several other uh, smaller but also important topics. So our main topic today in the first part of the hour is going to be, we're going to be talking about the Sustainable Agriculture Lands Conservation Program in Mendocino County. The goals of this program are to protect valuable agricultural lands while also supporting sustainable housing development and to build sustainable and resilient agricultural communities. And I'll have two guests who will uh, join me in this conversation. And my guests will be uh, Alan Nicholson, who is with the Inland Mendocino County Land Trust. Alan has been on the board of directors of the Inland Mendocino County Land Trust since 2004. He's been involved in land conservation for over 40 years. Among other endeavors, he's worked to draft county mitigation fee exchange exchanges for development and to support land use planning policy for cities and counties. He is currently president of the Inland Mendocino County Land Trust. And we will be joined. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm flanking on your name, Larry. That's you know? okay. Larry Turner or Lawrence doesn't matter. Larry's what everyone calls me locally. Okay. He is the, thank you, Larry. He is sure. the senior <laughs> Acquisition Project Manager at Mendocino Land Trust and a sixth-generation native of Fort Bragg. He previously worked at the Mendocino Community Hospital District for 10 years and has extensive experience in nonprofit land management. Thank you both for joining us this morning. We were also planning to be joined by Barbara Goodell, who has been with the Anderson Valley Land Trust for on the board there for 30-some years, and uh, she had a, a, a situation come up in her family that she needed to attend to, and so she won't be with us um, in, in person today, but I know, I know, Barbara, you're listening, and I know, Barbara, you're with us in spirit, so, and thank you, Barbara, for bringing this topic to my attention and for connecting us all up so that we can talk about this today, and the reason we're talking about this today, as you'll le learn in a few moments, is there are some workshops coming up related to this topic. So you're going to want to stay tuned and find out about those if you're interested at all in this topic. So um, let's uh, start by talking about uh, some basics. Uh, before we talk about the specific project that we're here to talk about today, I'd like to share some information about what are land trusts and why are they important? Um, Alan and Larry, do you want to each have, have like a go at this and also talk about, you know, why you feel your engagement in this area is important. So, Ellen, do you want to start? Great. Thank you very much. Um, uh, yeah, I'm on the board of the Inland Mendocino County Land Trust. I'm also active in uh, Healthy Mendocino Housing Action Team. And... <clears throat> um, 
40 years ago, I came from the Bay Area and have seen uh, unlimited sprawl down there, which has, uh, and being a architect and a planner, uh, has influenced my uh, view of the importance of open space, of agricultural lands, of rangeland and forest land. And Mendocino County is uh, in a unique position to preserve this. And uh, these uh, kind of open space lands are of uh, great importance to the state of California. So the state of California has uh, uh, dedicated billions of dollars over the years to preserve ag land uh, particularly, but also forest land, rangeland, and uh, open space to preserve those uh, characteristics of, of the land and uh, prevent unlimited sprawl. So uh, this, both the State Department of Conservation and the local land trusts um, are uh, dedicated to uh, good planning for housing and uh, development, along with preserving uh, uh, our precious ag land and forest lands. So uh, land trusts um, uh, work with landowners. It's a, a voluntary system where the landowner will will work with a uh, land trust to uh, uh, put a conservation easement over the uh, property, over the parcels, and uh, preserve these in perpetua uh, perpetually. And um, uh, this, this uh, allows the landowner to uh, sell the land to pass it on to uh, family members, uh, keep it in uh, ag or forest land, and uh, prevent uh, unplanned uh, development, which can happen after the succession of uh, uh, future landowners, whether it's family or uh, other private citizens or corporations for that matter. Um, so that's a little uh, introduction. Uh, Larry, do, do you want to add some more about uh, land trusts? Sure. Thanks, Alan, and good morning, Johanna. Um, so Mendocino Land Trust, we're based out here on the coast, although we work all over the county. Uh, our mission is to conserve and restore valuable natural resources in the county, uh, and we're dedicated to providing public access, protecting working farmlands, and and conserving the forests uh, here in the region. Um, land trusts can help you uh, conserve your land, protect it from development, work with succession planning, keep ag land in the area. There's all sorts of things that the land trusts can do. I think part of your question is how I got in or why I'm in. Uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm native to the area. Uh, my family, I used to remember camping out on Big River when they allowed land leases out there, the, the logging companies, and I was always fascinated as a kid with all the machinery and all the workings, and uh, I remember there were always publications in the house about how good the mill was for the area, and there was a point, I think, early in college, and I realized, I was like, oh my goodness, they are ruining our land, you know, and, and that was in the 80s, and, they, and much of the damage had been done, of course, 
And I knew something had to change, although I didn't know how to get involved. And it wasn't until later after a career in hospital and healthcare management that I said, I've, the opportunity came up at the land trust and I jumped on it, uh, especially with uh, Mendocino Land Trust's tie to Big River, where I spent much of my childhood out on that river. So I'm thrilled to be here and, and working in the field now. I know from from uh, personal friendships, you know, I, I live out on a parcel, you know, in the in the boonies as well. Uh, although mine isn't like some of the huge parcels that, that you guys protect. But still, you know, I know that that in that there's sort of I would guess I guess two main groups of land owners there seem to be in this county. You know, there are the 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 old timey people who came here, you know, 100 years ago and bought up huge tracts of land and some of them still own very large ranches uh, a lot of the land ranches however got subdivided in the 70s from what i understand um and and that's when the second group of landowners came here you know the the hippies the hippies joined the rednecks <laughs> and i know that's simplifying things but that's sort of how the story goes i came here 20 years ago so this is all hearsay to me um but um these the people, you know, both of these groups of people have visions for their land, uh, especially the hippies who came here in the 70s. You know, they have a vision for the land to, to be protected and to and to and, and, and not to be subdivided and not to be cut up into little into little ranchettes. Um, and so that's why I felt it was really important to share this information, you know, it, which is relevant, not just for landowners who have thousands of acres, but, you know, there are. There are hippies who came out here who bought hundreds of acres, you know, and that's that's certainly I would I would guess that's the size of a parcel worth protecting, don't you think? Don't you agree? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. There's lots of people who came, and I, I get to deal with. I I, get, I feel like I've got the best job ever because I get to go exploring parts of the county that lots of people don't get to see, and and I know several folks, you know, way out on Noyo River. You go out Irmoko Road. And, you know, they, they did buy hundreds of acres and they've lived off the land. And and why some of the conservation is so important is they're aging. And yes. They, take, they can't take care of the land anymore. And so what kind of legacy are they going to leave? And if they want to see it preserved, a conservation easement is really one of the ways to go to make sure that it doesn't get cut up. And, yeah. you know, multiple McMansions put on that on that lot. Um, <laughs> The interesting thing, Alan, that you mentioned, I think both of you mentioned, you as a landowner, you still have the opportunity if you need to, for example, you know, if you have to move into town, you can still sell your land, you can still pass it on to your kids, but you can, you know, you can rest assured that the use of your land is going to reflect your visions for the land, right? Yes, correct. Um, and there's multiple ways to... Uh, uh, write a conservation easement. We have uh, uh, several easements on properties where the landowners still have a particular zone for development. Uh, we've uh, created um, multi-use or uh, mixed-use zones where uh, other activities can take place. Um, some landowners have uh, left uh, part of their property for future development, for uh, theoretically for family that may uh, inherit the property. Uh, so there's many, many fears of 
landowners. Um, probably the the main one is uh, that we keep running into is the succession factor, where uh, uh, you know old uh, landowner and say farmer owns uh, substantial property. They want to uh, pass it on to their heirs, to their children, and uh, it may be that uh, the children want to move to the city and and get out of the country. So um, we work with landowners to uh, customize the conservation easement so that there's maximum flexibility and maximum uh, conservation values. Uh, and uh, I wanted to mention that the Sustainable Ag Lands Committee uh, is a very important um, uh, institution in Mendocino County. Each county of the state has their own resource conservation district office, and they uh, it's a county-based, um, county-supported uh, office that specializes in conservation and preservation for uh, riparian corridors, for uh, soils pres preservation and health. Uh, they work uh, quite a bit with the UC field office, Hopland Field Station. Uh, it's uh, the Sustainable Ag Lands Committee is just one aspect of uh, the uh, Resource Conservation District office. Uh, there's a supervisor of the county, the Ag Commissioner, uh, ranchers, uh, uh, foresters, and uh, land trusts are all represented in this committee to uh, uh, look for ways to uh, preserve land and promote uh, good planned development, which is uh, typically a hard thing to do in rural counties. Yeah, because, you know, at, at least at first glance, it seems like those are two sets of conflicting uses, right? On the one hand, you want to have the land available either for agriculture or for recreation or simply for preservation. Um, and on the other hand, you know, people people who live here need to live somewhere, um, and people who work here need to live somewhere. And and you know, we've seen countywide now this this uh, uh, dearth of of rentals made worse by th by things like Airbnb, you know, which took a lot of available rentals that used to be available off the market now for renters for long term time renters. Um, so. Uh, if, if I, maybe each of you can talk a bit about your take on this project and and how is the county going? How is the county going about um, addressing both of those? Well, actually, there's three concerns. There's there's the whole topic of climate change, which this project I understand is part of. It's part of a bigger statewide climate change project. Uh, and then there's the there's the conflicting use. Um, um, thing to be addressed. So I'm wondering if each of you can talk a bit about how the project deals with that. Right. How this committee deals with that. Good subjects. Uh, Larry, you want to, I spoke a little bit, but I, I have quite a bit to say about this I, also. I know. You're, you're probably more involved. You're a little closer to Ukiah. I'm over here out on the coast, but I, I hear what you're saying, Johanna, especially about, you know, the Airbnb and the dearth. We don't have any rentals. We don't have available housing. And how are we going to continue to, to balance that all out? And as Alan mentioned, you know, these conservation easements 
uh, and including, you know, the, the agricultural conservation easements can allow for housing uh, on the property, you know, worker housing or or what they call building envelopes so that you can have a place designated for that while still conserving the land. So it does offer a balance in there. Um, Alan, I think you've got a lot to say, so I'm going to yield to you on that a little bit. Well, uh, with a, a background in, in uh, planning and architecture, uh, the way development happens in any given area is through zoning. Uh, the county has uh, various zones that they've designated for land use, whether it's industrial, housing, uh, agriculture, forest land, rangeland, and uh, mixed use areas. Uh, so, um, but the way development happens practically is a landowner or a developer or a realtor will uh, uh, see an opportunity to either purchase land or develop land they already have. And um, those are, uh, I see them as opportunistic uh, investments rather than planned investments uh, so that that uh, they try and circumvent the uh, planned zoning uh, use of the land and uh, will buy it if they see an opportunity for an underutilized uh, residential land, they will uh, purchase the land or try and develop it. Uh, and this development typically uh, uh, it is a sort of bottom line. It's a, uh, they want to spend the least amount of money for the most payback. And so it, it, uh, what ha ends up happening is the, uh, taxpayers end up subsidizing these developments. Whereas, um, ideally and, uh, Sonoma County, Napa County, uh, Marin County, and the Bay Area, nine Bay Area counties uh, uh, are working toward uh, planned development. And that means putting in infrastructure before the housing. Uh, uh, and that's the way it should be. So uh, the land trusts support uh, planned housing, planned development, but um, it, it has to be uh, thought out uh, the environmental impacts have to be studied and uh, the infrastructure, sewer, water, roads have to be considered rather than uh, these kind of lollipop uh, developments that don't have uh, proper infrastructure, especially in the rural areas of our county, uh, Anderson Valley, the coast, uh, the inland valley outside the municipal districts all end up with uh, uh, localized uh, water um, resources, uh, private wells, septic tanks, which uh, really are stopgap um, solutions to long-term development. Uh, and the uh, Mendocino County only has about 50,000 acres of ag land throughout the whole county. 
because of the the mountains and hills and the steep pitch there's there's relatively small amount of uh, ag land and those of course are the easiest to develop so those are the most threatened land use we have in the county and uh, the Williamson Act for ag land and conservation easements are the main tools for preservation uh, uh, Alan, if I, I could jump in for a second, something that, that yeah, something that we're working on with the Sustainable Agricultural Lands uh, um, Project is is mapping out the soils uh, in our county, yeah. and we've we've created some interactive maps that show where the valuable farming soils are, so that we can target the areas that need conservation. Um, and as Alan said, unfortunately, a lot of those areas are the areas closest to some of our urban centers, and they are also um, the easiest to develop. They're flat, uh, they have access to the city, uh, their surrounding areas. So it seems like we're at a little bit of opposition, but what we're trying to do is just be more strategic with the planning. Um, you know, Johanna, as you said, we're going to need more housing. And if if you ask me, this is a personal opinion, I'm just kind of basing it on, on, on what I've watched over the years, in particular in Ukiah, uh, they're going to become more of a community that that commutes to the Bay Area more frequently. It's out there on the freeway. It's relatively easy access. We're getting things like self-driving cars and uh, more that allow more access. So people are escaping the city. They're going to try to locate in places like Ukiah, and Ukiah is under pressure to develop. Um, but we don't want to lose these agricultural lands, these valuable so soils, because they're so fertile and they're so productive. Um, so it is, it's going to be a balancing act for, for everyone to try to come to the table and figure this all out. Yeah. And probably this pandemic has increased that sort of, uh, um, urban flight towards more suburban and rural communities. Well, and I've seen it here in Fort Bragg for sure with the housing, the housing market. I don't know how young families can really even afford the housing anymore, um, yeah. and you have the vacation home syndrome going on. So, and as more and more people can work remotely, I mean, I'm still working remotely from pandemic, you know, I'm here in my home office. Um, the, I think people are going to check their options with, with regard mm -hmm. to where they live and places like Fort Bragg, Ukiah, Willits, the Anderson Valley, Boonville are all going to look more and more appealing. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to take a moment to let our listeners know that you are listening to Wild Oak Living here on Mendocino County Public Broadcasting, KZYXNZ. This is Johanna Wild Oak, and Wild Oak, Listening comes to, uh, Wild Oak Living comes to you every other Thursday from 9 to 10 a.m. It's all about living sustainably and building community in Mendocino County and beyond. Today, I am talking with... Uh, Alan Nicholson and Lawrence Turner about the uh, Sustainable Agricultural Lands Conservation Program uh, here in Mendocino County, uh, and also about land trusts in in general, um, and and how it's uh, how it's possible for people who have land, uh, who own land, or who steward land, however you want to describe it, um, to uh, protect lands with a conservation easement. Uh, 
and so that so that uh, the uh, you have some control as a landowner over the future use of your land, even if it gets sold and even if it gets passed on to your heirs at some point. Um, one thing we didn't talk about yet, and and uh, I, I also want to make sure we leave some time about the up, to talk about the upcoming workshops. But one thing that might not be clear to our listeners is what is the role of the land trust in this process? So I so obviously you're involved in the beginning in terms of working out these conservation easements, but what's the role of land trusts sort of going forward, if maybe you could describe just, just briefly? Well, I'll take a stab at it and Alan let you jump in if that's all right. So the role of the land trust is to, to help the, the property owner, A, you know, obtain the land, the uh, conservation easement. So we have the expertise in the ins and outs of what's happening, uh, what advisors you may need to talk to, what the what legal advisors you may need on your side. Um, and, and then in the end, the role of the land trust is to make sure that any of the restrictions that are described in the easement are carried out. So if you are designating your land as agricultural for perpetuity, that we go back and we look and we make sure, yes, this is still indeed agricultural. You did not throw uh, a set of 10 apartments on there or, or take it out of production or what have you. Um, same for our you know forest easements, that they didn't go out and log the property without the, the right plan in place. Um, and that's not to say that you can't. There are plenty of, of conserved lands that have sustainable uh, timber management plans on them to promote late cereal forests. So it's not that you can't, it's that you're doing it the right way. And so the land trust works with you and all of the future landowners to make sure that activities in on the land are consistent with what's named out in the easement. Good. Uh, yeah, land trusts uh, uh, monitor their uh, easements annually. Uh, so there's uh, one or usually more people from the land trusts that uh, manage those conservation easements that monitor them annually to go and uh, uh, work with the landowner to honor the conservation easement and uh, uphold the, the, the spirit of it and uh, uh, review the benefits of it if, if those are in question. Um, the, uh, uh, so the function of land trust is to uh, preserve lands in their uh, currently used state uh, if uh, or for a vision of the future. Uh, these these uh, conservation easements are in perpetuity, and perpetuity, if you stop and think about it, is forever. It's for a very long time. Uh, and these are uh, legal uh, relationships that are uh, filed with the county assessor's office and the uh, uh, California uh, Department of State, so they're they're legally binding uh, agreements, and uh, everybody involved. It's their main concern to honor these, and uh, uh, it's a serious uh, undertaking and uh, worthy of the seriousness of it. 
All right. Let's talk a bit now about the upcoming workshops. That's one of the reasons we timed our interview to take place today so that our listeners can learn about a couple of them have already taken place, those focusing on the Williamson Act and the role that it plays in land conservation. But you have, as I understand, they have two more workshops coming up this month. If you guys could talk about that and, and how people can get involved and learn more about this project. Great. Well, the, uh, the Sustainable Ag Lands Committee has uh, obtained grants from uh, basically from the Clim uh, California Climate Investments Act. Uh, carbon sequestration is a global uh, uh, issue now uh, to deal with climate warming. Uh, and uh, so locally, uh, we're doing an outreach program to uh, try and educate and outreach to uh, help landowners uh, make the best use of their property for, in terms of global warming and uh, carbon sequestration. And that's what uh, conservation easements do. Um, we are going to have two workshops uh, coming up May 22nd and May 20, uh, March 22nd and March 24th uh, to get into the uh, details of conservation easements, why, where, when, how, and what. Uh, there'll be an hour and a half each. Uh, the, the first workshop will be an introduction to uh, conservation easements, and the second uh uh, workshop will be getting into more detail uh, and uh, looking at uh, uh, success stories and uh, examples to inspire landowners to uh, think about uh, this possibility for their own land. Uh, Larry, do you want to talk yeah. a little bit? Yeah, they're they're both the uh, They're both yeah they're. Second from six thirty to eight. The other ones March twenty fourth. So you're a great dinner guests. We're all kind of used to that. You'll be able to hope. Larry, you you're kind of you're kind of breaking uh, up. The first one. Larry, you're kind of breaking up. Maybe you could turn off your video and and re and repeat what we just heard. I, let me see if we. can. I'm going to turn my video off, too. Sure. Can you hear me now? Yes. Turn my video off. So is that yeah, a kind of, You're kind of going in and out. Uh, Maybe we can... Let's all turn our video off and see if that improves uh, things. Yeah, mine's off. I can't off. hear you. Okay. Go ahead. So I don't... Yeah, you're kind of going in and out. Yeah, it still cuts out. Can you hear me now? And is it a little more stable? Yes. So, as I was mentioning, we have two of them. They're, the, they're evening programs from 6.30 to 8. Bring your dinner. Uh, hopefully, we have uh, a good way to, to interact with folks. First, to introduce what a conservation easement is, talk about what it can and probably can't do for you, um, you know, give some time for questions, give some basics about what, what, uh, what the inner workings are. And then the second one is more of an advanced you know, if you have more questions, need to get a little more in depth, 
have specific questions about maybe your land, we hope to uh, leave some time for folks to ask ask more questions then. And these are both virtual workshops, right? They are. Uh, you can register. I'll just uh, mention it a couple of times. If you go to mcrcd.org, you can register for both of those. They are virtual. That's the website for the Mendocino County Resource Conservation District. And again, that's mcrcd.org, Mendocino County Resource Conservation District, MCRC, mcrcd.org, where you can register for those workshops. They also have a phone number here if you prefer to call. And that phone number is 462-3664 to reach MCRC. Um, for more for more information, and that's happening on March twenty second and March twenty fourth, uh, and I and it says here that once you register, you're going to receive a confirmation email containing the information about how to join the meeting. So, um, I'd I'd like to give each of you maybe a minute or two to leave us with some some thoughts and some closing remarks, and also to offer some contact information for the Mendocino, for the various Mendocino County land trusts involved in this, in this program. Uh, Larry, do you want to start? Sure. So thanks for having us here today. Yeah, conservation easements are, um, as one of my colleagues des described, uh, special snowflakes, meaning that they're all a little bit individualized. So these are not templated um, things that get rubber stamped out. We work with each individual landowner on what they want on their property, what they want to see in perpetuity, which is a big, bold um, notion that's something that's going to go forever and ever. So we're here to help folks do that and see their vision for their land. Um, you can contact me at, the, at our office, either by phone at 707-962-0470. I have to think about that. Uh, my email address is lturner at mendocinolandtrust.org, and our website is mendocinolandtrust.org. All my contact information is there as well. Thank you so much, Larry Turner and, and Ellen Nicholson. How about yeah. you? And yeah, thank you. Um, so the name of our land trust is the Inland Mendocino County Land Trust. Uh, uh, we do conservation easements um, all over the county, but uh, primarily try and uh, focus on the Russian River watershed in Mendocino County. Uh, uh, this includes Potter Valley, Redwood Valley, the Ukiah Valley, uh, Hopland, uh, but we also have conservation easements outside of that that watershed um our uh, mailing address is p.o box 205 ukiah 95482 the uh, contact phone number is 707-621-5303 that's 621-5303 for the inland mendocino county land trust and the website is uh, www. Uh, it's a mouthful. It's the imclandtrust.org, Inland Mendocino County Land Trust.org. 
I think if you uh, search uh, uh, land trust in Mendocino County, uh, all of these will come up. And the person who uh, was most important in in uh, initializing this this uh, program was Barbara Goodell, who's uh, been with the Anderson Valley Land Trust for uh, 40 years. And they focus primarily on the Anderson Valley and neighboring uh, areas. Uh, I don't have her uh, website, but it's the Anderson Valley Land Trust. Pretty easy to remember. Uh, if you search Anderson Valley Land Trust, they will certainly come up with uh, their contact info with their website. And uh, they're doing a wonderful job of uh, conserving lands uh, throughout the Anderson Valley. Where would the best website be or what would be the best resource for if people want to um, learn, learn more about the Sustainable Lands Initiative and about the projects and the activities in Mendocino County? Oh, Would good. That... Good question. Well, the, the uh, most centralized area, a centralized uh, website is the Resource Conservation District. Uh, and uh, look on the tab for SALC, S-A-L-C, which is Sustainable Ag Lands Committee. And there are a number of resources there uh, to investigate uh, conservation easements, uh, issues uh, around the Williamson Act, uh, issues around um, uh, California climate investments, carbon sequestration, uh, links to the State Department of Conservation uh, website, which which is a very good website, and uh, specifically for uh, land trusts, uh, all land trusts in the United States rely on uh, an organization called the Land Trust Alliance, which is a national organization. The Mendocino Land Trust is a, a registered uh, land trust with the um, uh, Land Trust Alliance, and they have a wealth of uh, information about land trusts and uh, conservation easements. It's a it's a really good resource with many many educational. Uh, resources. Um, they they we, have an excellent website about uh, the land, uh, conservation, the conservation pro uh, process, and the role of the land trust in your conservation process, uh, as well as uh, letting you know who the accredited land trusts are. Um, that's the Mendocino Land Trust is accredited with with Land Trust Alliance. Great. Well. Thank you both, Larry Turner from the Mendocino uh, Land Trust and, and Alan Nicholson from the Inland uh, County Land Trust here in Mendocino County. And also thank you to Barbara Goodell, who couldn't join us in person today, but who helped bring us all together and talk about this important topic. Um, I wish you all the best, both of you, all of you involved with land trusts. Uh, and I would encourage people who have large tracts of land and her think starting to think about what happens to my land after I'm gone. You know, this is a this is a good opportunity to maybe explore 
uh, the, the possibilities with your local land trust. So thank you both for being on this morning and all the best for all your work. Thanks thank so you, Johanna. Keep yeah, up the good work. Thanks thank so you. And, and I do plan to have a future program about the whole uh, California Climate Initiative and, and what's happening in our county with, associated with that. There are lots of, uh, lots of things that go beyond the scope of today's discussion. So stay tuned for a future program on that. And now I'm going to shift gears only slightly again to remind you, this is Johanna Wild Oak and you're listening to Wild Oak Living this morning. Um, and um, I'm going to shift gears now a little bit and do something a bit unusual. Uh, we're actually still going to be, stay with the subject of conservation and preservation. And what we're going to do is uh, share with you a video that I came across. Um, somebody posted it on the listserv and I watched it and I thought, even though it's a video and it has beautiful imagery, uh, I think the audio on that video is worth sharing. And hopefully the, listening to the audio will motivate you to actually go on the web and look at the video as well so that you can capture some of the uh, beautiful uh, imagery uh, of forest in our county. But what this is about is um, the uh, Mendocino Trails stewards um, are working on a project. They would like to preserve, they would like to create a 20,000 acre redwood forest reserve with a mandate for outdoor recreation, carbon sequestration, ecosystem restoration, and climate change mitigation signs. And they are um, working with the Coyote Valley Band of Pomos uh, as partners and others in this campaign. And they have um, initiated government-to-government uh, -government consultations with CAL FIRE and others. And this all pertains to an area of Jackson Demonstration Forest. Um, and this, uh, this is a, um, uh, an area in Jackson State Forest that is on, on the western side, and they are uh, planning to uh, create um, a preserve, as I said, um, to um, focus this area of Jackson State Forest uh, on, on those areas that I mentioned before. And this video is called Last Stand, 20,000 acres worth fighting for. And I'm going to just, we're, we're just going to share this, the audio of this video with you now as a background to this project. And then when, after the, after this audio, I will come back and tell you more how you can find out more about this project and where you can go for more information. So let's go ahead and listen to this audio now. into Casper Pygmy Forest adjacent to Jackson State Forest in 1970, Jackson State Demonstration State Forest was being heavily logged. The Department of Forestry claimed at that time that their aim was a demonstration multiple-use forest. But near as I could tell, the multiple uses were logging, logging, and more logging. Recreation or the health of the forest was not high on their priority list. 
And after the initial massive clear-cutting of the huge, original virgin trees that were present in the 1800s, the second and third cuts left the forest a ghostly shadow of its former grandeur. Very little thought was given for sustainability or recreation, let alone the fact that this biosphere was providing oxygen, storing carbon, and providing a habitat for thousands of species. No thought was given to the wealth and diversity of plants inhabiting the forest floor. The forest was strictly viewed as a commodity. comprehend the logging in Jackson Forest, we decided to map the past and present THPs. These are the completed timber harvest plans that have been logged over the past 25 years. These are the plans currently approved and ongoing. Casper 500, Redtail, and Soda Gulch are all scheduled to begin in spring of 2021. Currently under review are the Little North Fork Big River Plan, the Mitchell Creek Plan, the Jug Handle, Berry Gulch, and Railroad Gulch Plans. Rumored to be planned for logging, but not yet confirmed, is Manly Gulch. That is nearly half of the forest logged in a 25-year time period. This is the logging that has occurred in the surrounding area over the same time period, showing just how heavily impacted the entire region is. Right now we're standing in the middle of the Casper 500 timber harvest plan. It is 500 or so acres and it is going to be sold for $1,700,000, just not a lot of money. That gives whoever buys it the rights to harvest the timber that's on it, including this tree here. This tree is larger than most of the trees that are striped for cut and is probably small old growth. And the management plan specifically states that no old growth trees will be cut. This forest is managed by Cal Fire, and Cal Fire has the mixed mandate of fighting fires, which they do really well, and managing a state forest, which we don't believe they do very well, and reviewing timber harvest plans statewide on any private or public land that's not federal. So what they're doing is essentially writing a timber harvest plan and then submitting it to themselves. And then they auction the plan off to a licensed timber operator who logs it and oftentimes leaves problems. They leave a mess and they leave a lot of slash that gets dried out in the sun. And that's one of the things that is a great fire danger. We absolutely do know that fire going through a moist forest with large trees burns up the shrubs, burns up the small little trees, but it's the thick-barked older trees that survive. Well, if you take everything out of here that's not redwood, then you're going to create huge, huge open, dry pockets and you won't have a resilience of habitat for trees and refugia for other species. Because the remaining forests that make it possible for us to continue living on this planet are being wantonly cut down almost everywhere in the world, 
It is urgent for us to reassess what is most important to us, our children and grandchildren, and the immediate health of our planet. The impacts from these planned THPs will ripple through the surrounding environment and will further exacerbate the harm done to the rare plant and animal species that are endemic to this region. These trees are really some of the best carbon sequestering organisms on the planet. And right now, in times of climate change, it's just crucial that we save things like this to mitigate other things we're doing to our environment. Currently, there are vastly more people living here in Mendocino than 50 or even 10 years ago, and we have become a hot spot for tourism. Logging is not at all the top industry that it once was. The forest is so much more valuable than just a resource for profit from timber sales. This forest has multi-use trails. There are a few older trails that were built by the CCC in the 30s and 40s, but almost everything now is built and maintained by mountain bikers, and it is a great asset to our community. When I walk through here, I see tourists, I see bicyclists, see hikers, and this place has become a retreat and a refuge for all of us here on the Mendocino Coast. We'll take a, a paradigm shift in trying to figure out how to keep this gem of Jackson State Forest as a working forest, as a forest where tourists can come, as a forest where locals can come and provide habitat value for animals and fungi. This area, which is one of the most recreated and beloved parts of the forest, is going to be shut down for anywhere from one to three years. It means we can't go here and we can't have the mountain bike races that we used to have and people who live half a mile away and walk their dogs every morning can't come here anymore. No longer a place for our physical, mental, and spiritual health. So what we would like to see is the western third of the forest, between 15,000 and 20,000 acres, are completely managed differently. It would be called the Mendocino Coast Redwood Forest Reserve, with the primary mandate being education and non-motorized recreation and true demonstration science for climate change mitigation and wildfire resiliency. We are all in this together. We have to keep communications open and remain engaged with everyone involved in the ongoing evolution of forest policy and practices. It is so important, now more than any time in history, that we all work cooperatively find common ground, and keep our fragile forests healthy.
So the, the rest of the video is is uh, is, is uh, really nice music and credits, um, but uh, I think we can I think we can fade out the video here. If you would like to, um, first of all, let me tell you that the voices you heard in this video were Gene Parsons, and then Chad Swimmer, who is the Mendocino Trail Stewards President. Uh, and also, you heard the voices of Karen Yamgochin, Chet Yamgochin, and Teresa Scholars talking about the for the the uh, the forest um, and this project. If you would like to find out more information about this project and about the uh, the effort to turn the western part of Jackson State Forest into a recreational and uh, into a protected redwood preserve. Um, that's not going to be uh, logged, at least not according to the current plans. You can you can go to the following website, MendocinoTrailStewards.org, MendocinoTrailStewards.org. Uh, there you can find out much more information about this project. You can watch the video, which is a beautiful video. I would highly encourage you not to just listen to the audio as you just did, which was really just a kind of a teaser, but to watch the actual video, preferably on a big screen because there are some beautiful images. I just want to share a couple more quick facts about this. Uh, oh, and also they have a petition that you can sign uh, to help promote this and other actions that you can take. They have a link on the web page, page <coughs> MendocinoTrailStewards.org, that will tell you uh, more about the project and how you can take action. Just some, some quick facts about this. Um, second growth redwood forests actively sequester more carbon than any other ecosystem in the world. And by the way, there are links to all of these facts on that website, MendocinoTrailStewards.org. Jackson Forest is a hotspot of biodiversity, while no thorough survey of the entire 78 square miles has been undertaken. There are certainly more than 1,200 species of plants, mammals, birds, mushrooms, lichens, reptiles, and amphibia. All of California is increasingly vulnerable to wildfire, as we've all learned, which is uh, defined as a single tree and group selection logging is being promoted as a way to reduce the fire risk. However, commercial thinning has been shown to actually increase the fire risk by removing a large percentage of the most resilient trees, creating substantial amounts of dry slash and opening the forest to flammable non-natives. Genuine fire risk mitigation treatments are costly, labor-intensive, and ideally include prescribed burns. And then this 20,000 acres that they're talking about to create this uh, Redwood Forest Preserve in Jackson State Forest, these 20,000 acres are less than 2.3% of the timber production land in the county. So the number of jobs lost by protecting this forest will be vastly outnumbered by those that continue to be created yearly by the growth of the outdoor recreation economy. And Jackson, as the largest contiguous tract of state-owned land with the lowest level of protection, is particularly well-situated to help California implement Governor Newsom's 30 times 30 initiative, uh, joining us into a community of over 50 countries working to protect 30% of public lands by the year 2030. Another couple of facts, outdoor recreation is one of the fastest growing sectors of uh, economies worldwide, driving 
$100 billion in consumer spending uh, in 2019. And Jackson is the fourth largest um, draw in the county based on Google search. And I've just been giving, given the one minute warning, we're going to have to be out of here in one minute. Thank you very much, Eddie. So I would just like to let you know that uh, you've been more, if you want more information about the, uh, this uh, 20,000 acre preserve, you can go to Mendocino trail stewards.org. And, uh, I will be back with Wild Oak Living two weeks from today. Please join me at that time from 9 to 10 a.m. Next week, it will be the cannabis hour in this time slot. And we are having our quiet drive right now. So please take this opportunity to support the kind of radio that we're, to put your money where your ears are and support the kind of radio listening you're listening to now. Go to kzyx.org, click on the big red donate button, find out how you can contribute and support this endangered species, which is Community Radio in Mendocino County and beyond. KZOX.org, click on the big donate button. Thank you so much for listening. This is Johanna Wilder. This has been a production of KZYX Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ Willetton Jukayan 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. You can check out our website at kzyx.org to find more content like this and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thanks for listening.